Happy New Year, everybody. This is the voice. That's right. The voice of the angel or devil, however you'd like to see it, of Taylor, host of the Cancel Me Baby podcast. And I'm here today with a very uplifting New Year's message to you all, okay? The message is, this is why we can't have nice things. We can't, our society will not one way or the other, one side or the other, nobody these days will just let us have nice things. I mean, if that doesn't put a pep in your step and make you feel like you want to go and get it and take 2023 by the ball sack, I don't know what will, right? Uplifting, like I said, motivational to say the least. So we're going to talk about today really in terms of nothing that is new or surprising to you all in this heavenly space of cancel me, baby. There's a reason that I am playing up this, you know, antichrist or, you know, Virgin Mary theme that we have going on today. You just wait, but we're going to be talking about themes of identity and tribalism. If you, I, yeah, I know. Talk about mental purgatory. Am I right? Again, nothing that you guys are strangers to all of 2023. So let's get right into it. I don't know if you guys saw this, but Candace Cameron Burr, your girl from Full House, she went on her happy, she was like, you know, I just feel like the Little House on the Prairie reruns are not cutting it enough for me today. So I'm going to go ahead and launch the Great American Family Network, like some good wholesome content for you all to wipe out the WAP reminiscent from the Grammys, from our virgin eyes and ears and earlobes, okay? And I don't know if you guys remember, but when she came out and did an interview, no, not came out, not came out, okay? We're gonna get to that too later because you know, there was a tribe for every nook and cranny in this bitch and everyone who ever lived and even these flowers that identify as tigers, like you wouldn't even know, right? But so Candace Cameron Bird did an interview about this and she got so much shit because she said, that we are just going on this network, you know, on this Hallmark Channel's love child with your local, you know, Jehovah's Witness, okay? We are only going to be featuring traditional marriage and relationships or some shit like that, right? And people lost their minds. Now, this is coming from me. Number one, a Jew. Number two, like a spiritual witch who is doing hexes probably in her REM sleep and doesn't even know it, right? So needless to say, I am not going to be the first person to subscribe or to tune in, you know, to that $12.99, however much it is for the great American family network, okay? Also hilarious that it's GAF because these people, even if they're not giving a fuck, people are giving a fuck about them, right? And so she got so much shit. Because they were like, how excuse traditional marriage? 
the true nerve, okay? What about the turtle identifying community? What about the gays, the lesbos? Like we know how I feel about the lesbos. I addressed it thoroughly in my Barbie, my last solo Barbie episode, okay? What about all these non-identifying this, that, the other thing? Why are you trying to discriminate, okay? And it was just so wild because I thought to myself, who gives, why does everybody have to be included in everything? You know what I mean? It's not how PE dodgeball worked when your ass was last or second to last for getting picked. You know what I mean? Or like the time that I was one of the two only women in the history of my high school and the other one was my best friend, okay? And we tried out together who got cut from the tennis team. Like sometimes people, you just don't make the cut and you're not included, you know? back to good old tribalism, but like, why does everything have to include everyone? It doesn't, you know, sadly, our society has no healthy boundaries or moderation about anything. So tribalism now has gone to the nth degree to where it's really toxic and destructive. But I say, this can be a running theme of this episode. Like I say, we bring tribalism back. You know what I mean? Like in a clueless not clueless, but like a 90s teen bubblegum flick, mean girls, even though that was 2000s, you get the idea jawbreaker kind of way. Like, sorry, not everybody is should nor can fit into everything all the time, you know? And so what have you, but this bitch and her GAF network has become at the end of the 2022 quarter, the fastest growing cable network in our country. So joke is on us and on society, right? Like all that flack that she got, it kind of reminds me of the Morgan Wallen thing. Like billboard magazine over here is having a shit fit, like literally creating dream boards of a world without Morgan Wallen because he referred to his friend as the N word in like a term of endearment way. And they literally thought that it was like Kanye's evil Siamese twin, like resurrected from the dead. Like who, who would have thought, you know what I mean? That's how they were acting. But Little do they know, it just reminds me of that because it's like how out of touch, number one, how out of touch with so much of the country, but also like sometimes tribalism clearly works. Some examples, okay? I did an episode on this, but when there was the whole controversy in the documentary about the Abercrombie pass and how it like literally would describe it'd be like oh you're wearing a headscarf no oh you're wearing black nail polish I worked at Abercrombie they were savage as fuck literally even if my nail polish had a hue of pink that was not right bitch sorry you were not in line with the Abercrombie manifesto like but at the time when the documentary came out, because it talks about how the CEO was like, you know, this is the cool kids club and everyone wants to be a part of it. And that kind of exclusivity feel at the time I sort of defended it. I'm like problematic. Sure. But there are also parts of it that are marketing genius and also creates that sort of tribe in a way, right? Another example that I have, and I've talked to a lot of people on my show about this, whether it be artists, whether it be fellow journalists, people in the media space, is BET, right? Now, just because BET is what it is, just like this 
GAF, Great American Family, you know, Betty Crocker's Dream Come True Network. It's not inherently saying we don't like white people. We don't like gays. We don't like this or that. We're just celebrating what we are and the way we live. Like, let's have a good time. Let's have at it. You know what I mean? Same thing. That's what I thought. I'm like, just because the girl wants to show, you know, the man and the wife till death do you part, which good luck with that, because I'm pretty sure the divorce rate is like 99.999% these days, but I digress. It doesn't inherently say we don't like this or we don't like that. We're just going to like be over here and do this thing over here. So all of that goes to say, I think, you know, I love the idea. This is why I hate cancel culture so much because I love a thriving metropolis of identity and people and ideas and ideology and innovations, right? All coming together. But if we're all homogenous and everybody is non-identifying pens that you picked up at Staples today, how are we, how is there going to be any differences between us to grow, to learn, to experience that said diversity that people hoot and holler all day long about. You know, and again, Abercrombie may not be the gold standard in this regard, but I'm just saying, you know, if everybody is the same and included in everything all the time, welcome to communism. Have fun with that. No, but anyway, I just thought, you know, hearing the news of her cable network skyrocketing to, you know, the abyss was really telling and interesting, you know? And so speaking of tribalism, what do we have here? What do we have here? But good old Gwen, good old Gwen Stefani, love angel music, baby, indeed, you know, Japanese woman, like a Japanese woman who will live to be a thousand gardening in your plants as she likes to see it. So here we go again. And it's funny enough, you know, I've said this before, but this is, this is literally the magic of Oz, you know, just call me the wizard because all roads golden or not lead to this shit. Because I did an episode when Gwen Stefani was first coming under fire for appropriation in like 1987. Okay. Before I was born, I was in the womb and talking about this shit. No, but I did have an episode on this. And at the time I said what I'm saying now, which is, why can't we celebrate and learn from each other and explore and, you know, do all that good stuff that everybody has to offer? Like, so here we are again, though, because the people didn't have enough getting after her. You know what I mean? Like she and her family and Blake did not get enough grief. When I asked Blake at his old red bar, as you guys know, about the divide of our culture, even within their own family, I remember asking him like, you know, you and Gwen have even talked about, because I think he comes from a conservative background and she's more liberal and how they obviously come together in the end. And it's like, what a microcosm of what she's saying now and wanting to explore the rich Japanese culture she grew up with and is obsessed with, right? But, and so all that goes to say, okay, you know, if they didn't have enough grief from their, from me and their publicist dealing with me asking Blake that because it just put them all out of sorts, right? Like, oh, we have to deal with this girl. She has to deal with this now. I mean, really, if she doesn't have to deal with this cancel me, baby, you know, podcast asking her husband some harmless cues, she's going to get it with an allure magazine drop, end quote, okay? So she's getting shit again because she says, I am Japanese. Like, I didn't know it, but all this time, I am Japanese. 
And I guess Gwen Stefani, her dad grew up, or where she grew up, her dad worked in Japan often, or they just explored the culture in her household. Either way, she grew up being obsessed with it and just being completely enthralled by it. And she had that whole moment in time where she had the Harajuku girls um, who uh, were her backup dancers. And people say that's totally problematic because she was using them as props and reinforcing a stereotype and appropriating culture. And at the time in my episode, I actually dug up some of the quotes from the girls. Meanwhile, these girls are like, I have the time of my life. I worship at the altar of Gwen. Let's do this. Like opportunity of a lifetime for me to shake my ass next to Gwen Stefani and thrive in my dancer form, right? Like, so that's what's so funny. But meanwhile, here are all these nobodies getting all up in arms. So she says in the interview, like, I was just, I must have been Japanese. I am, I am Japanese, right? And we never know with these interviews and these news stories, how they misconstrue, how they cherry pick, how they isolate certain quotes, which we've also obviously explored here. So you have to take everything with a grain of salt. You don't know how it was said in real life, but I just feel like this, how many times in art has someone quote appropriated someone else? I mean, I remember when Beyonce got shit for that video she did with Coldplay for appropriating Indian culture. Gwen Stefani has been accused of appropriating Latino, indigenous, Hindu, like all sorts of stuff going on here. Right. But like, meanwhile, where's all the talk about Michael Jackson who literally turned reverse his skin color? Like where's, where's the dialogue around that? So what's interesting about this is how she was speaking to an Asian writer in the Allure interview. Now that the writer isn't Japanese, I think she may be Chinese, but either way, she herself came out with a statement. I don't know if it was in the article, but she says how it's problematic because people like Gwen Stefani want to hop on the bandwagon and be like, I'm Japanese. And in a time of Asian hate and hate crimes and all of this, that she it's people like that want to take all the good and not the bad that come with it and all i have to say is like i feel like this is a pretty timely moment to bring up the anti-semitism and the wave of what's been unearthed thanks to kanye okay and all i can say is if somebody wants to like it is not fun it is a it is not fun it is not a fun time to see that shit right but all I can say is if someone is out here and they're like, I love the Jews and I am, I've just always been fascinated by, you know, the Hebrew language and the matzah ball soup and fiddler on the roof. And I just want to have at it. And I want to have a bat mitzvah at 45 years old. You know what? You do you, you do you. I don't understand why it has to be a burden. And it's like, we see all the anti-Semitism. And by the way, this is how the media is misconstrued, not downplaying Asian hate by any means. But did you know that actually the largest number of hate crimes in America is against Jews? You wouldn't know that, right? Right. Because of what narratives the media, again, decides to run with or what tidbits they conveniently leave out. And they're also having us think like, while we're going down this path, I feel like every time there is a hate crime or something of that nature, there's always a point to be made about like white supremacy, this and white supremacy, that, and nothing in there about the hate and the crimes with rape. That's not even a white person, right? 
a black person against an Asian person or vice versa or this or that. You never hear that, right? So interesting how that works, right? Because again, everything is to make, like everything is misconstrued to fit some sort of narrative one way or the other and like distort reality. But it made me think about what this writer said, how it's like, oh, all the good and none, none of the bad. And it's like, why do our cultures have to be, why does it have to be a burden? Like, to me, being a Jew isn't a burden. Same thing with the womanhood. It's not a burden. It is, it's a, it is a badge of, it is a badge of motherfucking honor. Hear me loud and clear and hear me proud. And that's the problem with all of this tribalism stuff. And it's going to get me exactly into my next point so perfectly. But before I get to the next example, I don't know about you guys, but I watched the movie over the weekend, Do Revenge with Camila Mendez. It's on Netflix. And it has this total, like I bring up earlier, the bubblegum 90s punk fun uh, movies vibe, her wardrobe, the whole thing. And it's funny because hopping on here today, because I, I was thinking to myself, if I don't look like this girl every day until I am in my deathbed, like if I'm not channeling this wardrobe, it is so 90s, I'll have to show you. Like, I, I'm not having it. I'm not happy and I'm not interested, right? And so I was actually interviewing, uh, reading an interview with a costume designer and she said that she was inspired because they have these like, they go to a, a private like charter school and they have uniforms and what have you but she said that they were inspired by korean um uniforms and how they all just look you know like chic and put together and all this and i thought to myself huh like is that appropriation is everything appropriation i mean seriously and even i remember when i talked about this in that episode last time with gwen stefani but even think about foods and chef like i'm a food network nerd and geek um and you know aficionado if you will like I take pride in it no but think of all the chefs who are like oh you know Asian American fusion or you know Italian Mexican fusion or whatever it is it's like let's create not hate you know let's drink the Powerade and not the haterade okay and so Another example, I feel, of like the tribalism just gone wrong, just gone wrong, 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 and sad. I don't know if you guys heard this. So apparently there's this guy in Toronto who is selling Harry Potter books, but is taking out the copyright with J.K. Rowling's name on it and is recreating covers and selling them, okay? And the, I assume that he's trans, and he says the reason for doing this is to create safe um, space. I can't even read my own hand. Oh, safe space and comfort for people like him who still want to read Harry Potter. Just let that, just really let that sink in. Okay. And there's a part of me that can understand, like after everything with Kanye came out, like after there's literally been leaked images of what may or may not be his upcoming merch in which Kanye is in the shape of a swastika. Okay. Or the fact that he posted a swastika in a Jewish star on Twitter, like casual. Um, I could understand being jaded by somebody or tainted, right? By somebody's art after seeing if they're an ugly person on the inside and like not being able for it to hit the same. But with the JK Rowling thing, first of all, I just don't think that it was a direct attack, which she said 
on trans people. Like I can empathize, but at the same time, there's nowhere where she's like, go and hurt them. And you know, there's not a person like the non, the imaginary anti-trans person who killed millions of them was actually a really genius, great guy. Like what a, what a stud, what a man, you know what I mean? And you know that I think it's bonkers, all of the hate that's come out toward her for simply defending biological women, okay? Not saying anything against trans people, but defending biological women, their fight, their rights, their history as of late, forever, okay? And while we're on this topic, let's just talk about what's going on in Afghanistan. I've talked about Iran. I don't know if you're up on your, you know, Afghani news today or, you know, your Taliban weekly, but ever since the shitstorm imploded and we left, obviously lost, and the Taliban took over Afghanistan again, it has been a horrid, horrid time for biological women, okay? Kids, biological girls, this is based again on their biological sex. Let's not forget, like, let's not overlook that as if it's nothing, because in places like this, it's everything, okay? Their young girls can't get an education. Imagine just, imagine just not being able to get educated unless their parents side privately in their house. These women can't even go, you know, forget about even being able to show your face. They can't even go in public without being accompanied by a man, their husband. Basically, maybe the grocery store is the only exception. Like, can you imagine that? So when JK Rowling is like, um, testing, testing, can I have your attention, please? Can we not forget about what's still, what has been going on and what's still going on? And just because here in the US, we're so entitled and, you know, disenchanted and, you know, privileged that we don't even know what's going on in the real world, that we're going to make up all of these problems. Like, you know, I identify with a cat today. Someone pay attention to me when this is the shit that's really going on. That's the problem right there. Okay. And so, and that brings me back to, to the Gwen Stefani thing, but it's like, we're going to get on this girl's case for being like, I love the Japanese. And you know what? In fact, I think I am Japanese. I've seen videos of people identifying with literally a flagpole, okay? Or children's books where they're like, if you feel like a fish today, maybe Sally, you are indeed a fish. Is this a problem to anybody or me? Or am I truly living in a Dr. Seuss hell novel come to life? I need, I need to know. Again, but no. That, see, this is what's so twisted, but that is celebrated. It's like, no, we need to have empathy and understanding for the flagpole identifying inanimate object community, people. We, again, tribalism gone wrong. <laughs> tribalism gone straight wrong. My last example for you today, because I know this is just like an uplifting, <laughs> like I said, really time, a, a speech of the ages, right? Um, is... You guessed it, the tribalism around body image. So Lizzo recently did a video and it show it shows a lot of Lizzo. It shows a, a Lizzo in a way that we have never seen. And listen, I am not going to shame her. I'm not going to shame her, okay? I'm going to shame the people who shame her for apparently not being as big 
And as lose and for losing weight, are we kidding? She did a video and she was just like, are we okay? Are we seriously? Okay. I get shit from people saying I'm too big. I got, I get, and again, I'm not okay with that. All right. Like it, it is problematic because not sure if you heard this other tidbit of news, but they're now saying that obesity in kids is going to be bought with medications and surgery instead of, you know, promoting, I don't know, normal body image and healthy lifestyles and going to play said game with dodgeball every now and then with their friends after school, make it every Tuesday. I don't care. Once a week, once a week is all that will do. Right. So that's where there's problems with this, but actively being hateful is I ain't in that club. That's not fun for me, you know? And also I'll say, Shout out to the thick girls. You know what I mean? Because like girls who are bigger bone and have that body and own it and are curvilicious, sexy, like go on with the bad selves, right? This is though, again, where we have no boundaries and we've gone so accept everything or you're a horrible person to where it's so far and so down the spectrum that it is actually literally unhealthy. But on the other end of it, we actually, there are actually people out there who are like, it's like the Adele thing, who shame the woman for trying to, maybe if she shed a little or got more in shape or got healthier, what, what imagine, imagine being that crazy that you are going to shame someone like Lizzo if they don't look as big and saying things like you were better when you were bigger and I liked you big and why are you losing weight because you're giving into some standard or some bullshit it's like I'm not saying you have to walk out here looking like you know J-Lo ascended from the heavens no one's saying that but are um, what kind of person does it take imagine that and so again, this is where it's, it is really unhealthy because you have literally childhood obesity and they're like, we are going to feed you. We're going to pump your ass with meds and hit you on the cutting knife table. Let's do this kids. Like no recess for you today. Gastric bypass. It is like, are we, are we serious? Again, I'm no doctor, but this all seems like common sense to me. Right? So with all of this, again, I just think that we need to get into a healthy balance and a culture to where people are, it's a weird dichotomy, right? Because it's like free to be in a tribe and it feels good, right? To identify as something and be like, yeah, these people are like me. I'm like them. Let's do this and like have our own unique stamp in the world. And on the other end of it, I love the idea of fusing, you know, those together and cultures colliding and people, everyone feeling, you know, included in a way and being in on the mix. Right. But we've gone so nutty extreme in both directions that it doesn't help anybody. And it certainly doesn't help our future. And it also, you know, makes it seem like if every, you know, we've, we've established this, but we're in a culture now where just because you're offended, you're right. And it's really dangerous for things like this because just because you're offended, you're not right. And if everything all the time isn't right, just because someone's offended, it blurs the line then of what's all in good fun and entertainment and exploration or having a team or a tribe and what's genuinely offensive like Kanye West, right? And what's problematic and inciting hurt or pain or violence, like, and it makes it harder to discern the two because if someone's up in arms and bent out of shape over everything at every turn, 
How do you discern? And it also makes it to where we lump people in and misjudge them. So something I thought about actually, which was funny was, I don't know if you saw this, but Demi Lovato, her new album, it's called, it's basically called fuck, but the U is a C like very, very, so artsy, so discreet, you know, but, um, it's been out since for the last couple months. Right. But the provocative cover was very controversial because it's her laying in bondage, almost in the pose of Jesus on this like plush cross, um, pillow. And so the reason it's resurfaced in the news is because the UK, it's the ASA, the Advertisement Standard Association, Association, I believe, banned the cover um, in the UK. Now people are going to see this and they're like, oh my God, that, and this is where, again, it, it like brings it all back to the beginning with the great American family, right? Because it's like, you have the Demi Lovatos, the whores in bondage on the crucifix, mocking Christianity. And then what do you have here? But great, good old, great American family with their lesson on how to turn your own butter today. No, but, and again, that's where tribalism can be problematic too, because we put these labels on people and judge that they're a certain way. And we don't really know like the ins and outs of all the people who make up that group. Right. But the Demi Lovato thing was interesting also because I could see people getting all up at arms, but without really reading the story, I mean, that's what they're going to judge and jump to conclusions. But if you really read it, it says that these posters were all over town in like parks and places like kids could see it. And so, you know, that's the thing, like, listen, I am all here for a crucifix, you know, Madonna, like a virgin, like choking on her cross necklace moment. And you know what, if you want to re reverse the roles and be like, yeah, you're a big talker. I don't hear you saying that about the star of David. Have at it. Have star of David nipple, you know, nipple uh, pasties for all I care. Like have a good day. It's called free expression, baby. If it's not hurting anybody and if it pushes boundaries and is provocative and stirring shit and isn't all, you know, all in good fun, it makes people think and, you know, free, free speech. Am I right? And so that I could see, I'm like, you know, I don't know if I need to be walking with my toddler that I don't have again, imaginary, but I identify as someone with a toddler. Okay. So technically it counts, but if I'm watching with them and they're seeing like Demi Lovato tied up, ready to take a gag ball on a Sunday stroll at the park after visiting the ice cream man, don't know if it's the most necessary. Don't really know, you know? So I get that, but but yeah, and it, it was funny too, because I watched the music video, one of them off this album, it's called Eat Me. I was like, this should be interesting. Again, has actually a very 90s, like Courtney Love garbage grunge vibe. But in the song, she's like, I'm not gonna be her, her, her something. And I was like, weren't you a they three seconds ago? Like what actually, right? Oh, I see, I see. Yeah, there is something to be said about being a woman. It's not so bad after all over here, is it Demi, you know? But it really got me thinking too about how, you know, art and like, do we judge people? Like, do people judge Demi Lovato just because of her art? Can we separate the person? Um, and this is like a self-reflection moment, right? But how she might be judged for being like really promiscuous or this or that. And it's funny because I've been having conversations lately and people are like surprised by how uptight, you know, on my show, I talk about operation sex goddess body and male gaze and owning your physicality and physical presence and your sexuality and 
all these things, right? I talk about all these issues, objectification. And, and it's funny because people are always surprised because in real life, they're like, wait, you're actually really uptight about sex. It's like, see, you don't know the person. And I've joked before on this show. And the reason I'm saying this is because it's going to lend perfectly into um, the episode I have coming up with an announcement, but um, this is why like my tribe is the best, the cancer me baby tribe, because you don't really know us. You think you do. And we're multifaceted and dimensional. You don't really know, but it's funny. Cause I've said before, like I'll joke on the show about how in real life, it's such a, you know, oxymoron. Cause in real life, I'm such a prude. And it's funny. I thought about Demi Lovato with this. I don't know. I don't know what her sex life is like, like, right. But like, it's funny. Cause I'm actually not a prude. I'm, I'm a prude in that I don't just sleep around with every Tom, Dick and Harry. Like I could literally probably count on a, a hand or two and friends of mine would be like, Taylor, why do you keep doing this? Like going years and years. And that well is drying up like the Sahara that you've never asked for. Like, so that's the thing. Like I only get intimate with someone that I'm very, very like very either in a relationship with or know very well or very close with. Right. But like once it's down, once it's go time, bitch, like your world, your balls, your brain will never be the same. Like in that regard, I can assure you, I am definitely not a brood. Like I am creative and let's just say it goes down. You will never be the same, like freaking nasty bitch. Right. But like, yeah, it got me thinking. And it's like how we can judge people based off of something that they, I hate to say it, but identify with or part of a tribe or something they put out there. And that's how it brought me back to the Demi Lovato thing. Cause I thought, you know, there's this whole push and pull right now with uptight conservatives, um, preaching all day about lust and what's not okay. And all this and trying to remain in the nuclear family. And I understand valid points about that and how they point fingers at people like the Demi Lovatos for their tribe and for, you know, ruining and deconstructing and destroying American values and making women miserable who have to be promiscuous and they're unfulfilled and all this and that. Right. And it's like, neither of you are perfect. All right. I don't know if either of you have a straight elevator up to heaven, you know, or a stairway if you're Pink Floyd. So, you know, don't throw stones in glass houses is what I have to say to that. And don't judge. And because, you know, you, we don't really know. And neither, like I said, neither of them in their extremes, they both got plenty of shit going on and problems and shit of their own to hide. And I don't know if either are the healthiest forms in both of their extremes either. But all of that goes to say a little perspective, right? On tribes, on identity, on the importance and when they become a problemo. And also when it becomes something that you're proud of versus a burden, because if everything is a burden, if everything is a problem, it makes us lose sight of the real problems out there. Because let me tell you, everybody is all dazed and confused. And that is last thing that our asses need. And so with all of that being said, you know, sushi making session with Gwen Stefani, or whether it be a Harry Potter book club reading revisit, or even a Demi Lovato album viewing party, you know, whichever one you may fancy, you can guess what my pick would probably be. But either way, the beauty is it's a democracy, baby. We're free freedom to the people. And so, you know what? I'll let you decide.